0: Ephesians 5, we're looking at 15 to 17. Our focus this day will be on verse 15 again. Please reading in the Holy Word of God, beginning in verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then... Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Father, thank you for your Word. Thank you for the amazing things you do in your people. Uh, Lord, it's a it's a walk. That sometimes it's very confusing. It's a walk that is sometimes overwhelming. It is a walk that you will carry us. So, Father, I pray that as we read your word, we let your spirit teach us. You open the eyes of our heart. Father, we have ears to hear. And then each one of us here would strive with due diligence to be overcomers. We love you, Father. And we thank you in Christ's name. Shared, we have started basically in chapter 4, verse 1, that we are talking about walk worthy of your calling. And Paul lays out for us different aspects of this and what it looks like and why it looks the way that it does. But the main focuses that I want to look at is that we walk in love, we walk in the light, and we walk in wisdom, okay, as a child of God. Uh, and I think there's times that we get uh, kind of caught up And and what's going on. I just did a, I didn't do a survey. I got a survey that was sent to me on what evangelicals believe. Okay? And when I read it, I wasn't surprised. But then when I realized that these were, quote, unquote, practicing evangelicals, okay, that were church attenders. All right, and the numbers were distressing. 33% believe that science has disproved the Bible. Well, listen, if you start right there, I don't, you don't have anywhere to go. Well, but it's only 33%. Yeah? 33%, 34% don't believe Jesus rose from the dead. That he's buried somewhere in Israel. Yeah. Why we got the book then? I mean, science has proved it and it lies. And these are church attenders. Okay, I, I share that. And I can give you some more that just break your heart. of evangelicals do not believe that there is a hell. You will just cease to exist. Which is weird because Jesus taught more about hell than anybody. Oh wait, he's still buried. Never mind. Okay, now I'm sharing this with you because I want to tell you where you're at. All right. There are people that's going to be in your life that are going to profess Jesus Christ. And guess what? They believe that science has disproved the Bible. They do not believe that Jesus Christ was resurrected. He's buried in Israel somewhere and that there is no hell. And yet they will be in church every Sunday. They will want to fellowship with you. They will want to be your buddies. And we'll even go to Christian concerts together. Ra rah, rah. The Apostle Paul is sitting here. And verse 15 says, Therefore, be careful how you walk. Okay? Why? Last week we looked at it. You come out of verse 14. Verse 14 is an invitation to be saved. Wake up. Wake up. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. I shared with you last week that this wisdom, if you lack it, there are three things you can do. One, ask, and it will be given to you abundantly. Two, set under solid teaching. All right. Listen, I know it's teaching. Set under it. Listen, pray that you hear. Three, study to show yourself approved. Study to show yourself approved. I wish it was more complicated than that. Because I think if it was more complicated than that, then more of us would have an excuse. But guess what? You cannot claim ignorance. All right? Some of your text here will say, it says, mine says, be careful how you walk. Some will say, uh, circumspectfully. Okay, the word in the Greek, okay, remember what I told you about the word walk, okay? Walk is a pattern of daily conduct. This is my daily, how I cruise around through this mess. All right. Wisdom, and I shared with you last week, is the Jewish concept of wisdom is behavior. The Greek concept, which has alive and well in the United States, is theory. Let me tell you how about that. In uh, the 70s, the early 70s, we had a thing that they brought in, they called it Earth Day. I think it was 72 they invented Earth Day because we were going to have a Ice Age. Okay. Now, I, I did one of those, fell asleep, and now it's 2000, and I missed it. But I remember a consensus of scientists saying that by 1984, there will be no life in the ocean. Okay. Now, you can say that in 1972, especially if you're about 70 years old, because you know (laughs) you ain't going to be here to see it anyway. All right? But it was a consensus of science, okay? You know what that is? This is a theory I have. All right? Now, I'm a little more rational than everybody else. I just say, who's going to get the money out of this? Because I know when the Ice Age was coming, the gas companies cut down on their production because they didn't have to put lead in their fuel so you had unleaded gas, but I could charge you more. And that guy who came up with, I call them Cadillac converters, but they're catalytic converters because we don't all want to turn into dinosaurs. Okay? Now remember, this is science. Okay? listen I'll give you a bit of non-biblical advice alright in the years that I've been alive if I have a consensus of scientists it means dogmatically do not believe this because that is not science science says I come up with a theory I have a test I can repeat my theory and I do it several times and say look it's truth not saying well let's take a poll what do you think All right, so please. But that's what you and I are up against. That's in the church. That's in the church. All right? That's why we need to ask for wisdom. That's why we need to sit under solid teaching. Did you know that God in the bride of Christ has supernaturally empowered people to teach Did you know that? Why would I forsake the assembly to go? I mean, I want to hang out with supernatural people. I think that's cool. I still want to see the guy that flies with the cape. but, But I'll go with the teaching for now. But our daily walk in the Jewish concept is that I see it. You're telling me the earth's going to end, but you keep telling me that. And it keeps plugging along. All right? So you have a theory. I want to see it. I have that Jewish mindset that says, if you have wisdom, you have knowledge, show it to me. Show it to me. It's like the steps out there we're having worked on. I looked at it and I chipped on it and banged on it for a while and my wisdom said don't do this <laughs> and so my neighbor does it for a living y'all man <laughs> get over here and do whatever it is you do for a living it's behavior but he says here in verse 15 be careful be careful it literally It means to walk exactly. Okay. It it means to look carefully side to side. If you've ever ridden a motorcycle in traffic, you know exactly what this word means. Okay. It means there ain't no daydreaming. You ain't figuring out what song you want to listen to on the radio. You're, You're not doing any. I tell you what, I've got a motorcycle. It's got a radio on it. I unplugged it. I don't want the distraction. I want to look to the left. I want to look to the right. I want to look behind me. And I want to look in front of me. I want to look to the left. And I want to keep doing that. Because I know how stupid people are. It's one of the reasons I do not go to Parker. I pulled up into Parker on a bike one time. There on Main Street, where Main Street and Parker Road is. And it's like 92 lanes, Right. And I'm sitting there on my motorcycle, and I look around, and i got two cars on this side. i got two cars sitting over there. i got four cars over there, and i got two cars over here. And every single one of these people is on the telephone. And I'm thinking, I'm going to die. <laughs> but I bet I kick a dent in their fender before I go down. But do you see what I mean? You're always paying attention on a motorcycle. I told my kids, I said, you know what? Every person who gets a driver's license should spend the first four years mandated to ride a motorcycle. Because you don't realize how much you don't pay attention in a car until you've been on a motorcycle. That's what the Apostle Paul's trying to tell me. I want you to walk, but you had better. Be paying attention. You better be watching behind you. You better be watching beside you, left or right, in front of you, above you, and underneath you. Look carefully. It's, uh, be alert to what is going on. Okay? Pay attention. This world, you know, I, you get into conversations with all of the, with, a lot of it is the 24-hour news cycle. I mean, everybody's got something new that... They, and it just reminds me of uh, Charlie Brown's teacher. And uh, you you listen to all of this stuff, and you think, my God, look how awful the world is. Well, it hasn't changed. It's just that now everybody's got a. Phone that I can video it and become a reporter <laughs> and look at what I just saw and here and we'll put it on TV, okay? And you just get inundated with it, and it's it just goes on and it goes on and it goes on and it goes on. All right, this world is a minefield. It is. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Go look at the newspaper print. When Abraham Lincoln was going to be president and they were talking about war, it's the same. It's the same terminology. Well, I just can't believe how rude they are. You should have seen what they were doing to Lincoln. They called him a baboon. What can he know? He's stupid. Oh, wait. They do that to all of them, don't they? See what I'm trying to get at? This world is full of this. This isn't changing. This isn't new. We are walking in a system, in this world, that demands that we walk carefully. Carefully. And you know what I've learned? There's sometimes He don't want you to walk. He wants you to stop. I tell people, the hardest single lesson that you will ever learn, and the daggone thing is you'll have to keep learning it, okay, is be still and know I am God. Because we want to be busy. And there's times when he says, stop. Stop. We need to walk carefully. Look at the things that are going on in the evangelical community in this country and tell me how many people are cautious. You know what bothers me? There's a spiritual gift out there that I would give anything more people would have or use or utilize. I guess if you ask for wisdom, if you are sitting under solid teaching and if you're studying to show yourself approved, you may pick up a little more on it. But that gift is discernment. Discernment. I have had situations in my life where I had, a, you try to, as a pastor, say, well, I have a door open for me. And then you all of a sudden get this feeling that says, better not go in there. <laughs> and you back away from it. And people say, well, I thought you were... Uh, no, nah, some, some bad juju there or something. Okay? I, I can give you an illustration of it. Jesus said, don't throw your pearls before swine. There are times when people just want to argue with you. Why? I think they're professional arguers. I think it's just what they do. I want to argue. So they'll roll something out there thinking that... And, uh, you know, that's why... You'll see me at times dealing with different pastors, and they'll say something. And sometimes I think they just try to see if they can get my goat. And I just smile at them and say, and where's that in the Bible? And they know what I'm saying. I'm not going to argue with you. That was stupid. No. (laughs) they said. They know who I am. All right. But there's no, because... I've been meeting with pastors individually here for the last... uh, I was doing it up until the time I left town, and then I've been picking it up when I got back. And I've run into something, that discernment thing. I am amazed at the amount of pride that the pulpit in Kassarok has. It's stunning to me. Because I was I had some time alone while I was traveling and I said, Father, I've got to be more discerning. You know, I don't mind helping people, but I need to be discerning. And so I started paying attention and I meet with these guys and they're slick. They're good. I remember a guy one time told me that he was proud of his humility. And you're like, what? Okay. But I have watched people who have perfected boasting humbly. That's good. But you know what that is? It's deceiving. So when I deal with people, individuals, it's very easy for me to spot a person who is teachable. Listen, it doesn't mean that I am all-knowing, okay? Because if you ever spend time with me, you'll realize I spend a lot of time listening. I want to hear what people have to say, okay? Because then I know the dynamic of which they're coming, all right? Very few do that. You know why? They already know. And if you don't believe me, ask them. See the danger that is out there? If I go to four years of seminary and I have been in this church plant and in this church plant and I've done this and I've done that, therefore I have arrived. Listen, the minute that a man thinks he can do this, he's the greatest fool on the planet. You are going to deal with the eternal destiny of men's soul in your knowledge? really that is an arrogance of stupidity that is staggering absolutely mind-boggling right now my palms are sweating okay every time i walk up here and get started they sweat And I've already told myself the day I come up here and my hands ain't sweating is my last message. Because that means I think I can do this. But this makes me as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I'm speaking on behalf of God. There's a great idea. Why didn't I do this earlier? See what I mean? you're walking in a system that is feeding your flesh. Lust of the eyes. Lust of the flesh. The pride of life. And it surrounds you. Everything you do. How's come people get annoyed when you didn't, you didn't tell me I did a good job. You need that. See what I mean? It's there. It's there. You know, well, you know, look at the talent I have. Where'd you get it? Look at the intellect I have. Where did you get it? See what I mean? And yet, you want to take credit for something? That's nuts. That's nuts. The Lord shared this with us, that we need to walk exactly. We need to walk accurately. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 13, remember this phrase. Enter the narrow gate. Okay? And there are few that find it. You know what that means? Means there's a bunch looking for it. But it is, the terminology is that it's compressed. It's compressed. So it takes exact to get through it. You can't just skip through the gate. You have to be exact as you go through this thing. And watch. Pay attention. Why? Because there's a wide gate. And there's many on it. Now listen, you gotta understand, he's not, these ain't the people going to the bars. And, 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 and doing all the wild and crazy stuff. The wide gate is the church. In some cases. Let people go, and they give their time. They smile at you. They give to Christmas giving. They give to the, you know, Samaritan's Purse. Amen, amen, brother. And i you know, I'll help you out here. I'll help you out there. And they have no idea who the Lord Jesus Christ is. Okay? So pay attention. We need to watch out. I'm from uh, southern Ohio. And uh, I grew up... Uh, I had three uncles that had farms and woodlands, other wild and crazy things. And as a young man, you learn early because we didn't have video games and things like that. You, you you went outside and played. And when it got dark and the lightning bugs were gone, it must be time to go to bed. And you go back to bed. You can get up and you hit it again. But we'd run around in the woods, cowboys, Indians. I know you're not allowed to do that anymore, but we did it. That's why we're so corrupt this day. But we did all, we did all you know, what boys do. But we learned something as a kid. I learned it. You learn it early. Okay. There's this beautiful leafy thing that hangs around on the bottom of the ground. And it's just real pretty. It's got some red tints in it, some purple tints in it, and all the rest of it. It's just awesome. And they call it poison ivy. And you run through it about half a dozen times, and all of a sudden you realize that was not a good plan. And you get calamine lotion on it, and you look like, what the heck happened to you? And they paint you all white and pink and all this other stuff, and you're wanting to itch, and it's just miserable. But you know what? Next time you run out in the woods, you're like, uh-uh, ain't going nowhere near that one. Now that one, after one little thing with that, it's not that bad. Do you guys know what nettles are? they 're sneaky. they are so sneaky, because you can cruise around through them, and then all of a sudden you realize that you just cruise through them, and you are miserable, and they 're a lot harder to spot than poison ivy, okay, but they will how shall I say it, torment you. Let me tell you something. that is our world. That is what you and I are in. No, I don't have to go looking for it. Listen, you don't have to go outside of the church to run into some nettles. That's our world. The wise Christian is careful. A very careful individual. Think about easy, how easy it is for us to be seduced by something. Now listen, I'm not talking about something sexual. I'm talking about, wow, look at that pretty car. It's a pretty car. You know, my car, the fender's falling off of it and the hood I've got bungee corded down. and That's a pretty car. See how easy that is? It's simple. But the one with the cord's paid for. And it runs good. And you know what? At 225,000 miles, it ain't burning oil, it ain't leaking oil. That car there is a miracle. So you best be hanging on to it. It is so easy for us to get enamored with things. I remember growing up, we had wood floors in the house, and if you were arrived, you put carpeting on it, right? What is it now? Tear up the carpeting, put wood floors down. Just hang on to that olive carpet, and it'll be in fashion in another five years. And everybody say, you are a trendsetter. See, because they just dangle things in front of you. Oh, I think that's a good idea. That is the world that you are in. Listen, we are in a dangerous place for Christians. And Christ followers really need to take great care on the course that they're on. And it's based on... See, our lives are based on God's life principles. Yeah, And I can go back through all of these things. Why would I forsake the assembly together? You know, people... <laughs> what was that? I remember reading somewhere? It says, the church is like Noah's Ark. The stink inside would drive you outside if it wasn't such a big storm outside. Okay? And and yet we need to be together to strengthen each other. But yet when we get together I ain't sharing with you, you don't understand what I'm going through. Guarantee somebody in this church has already been through it. Or may already be in it. But our pride I don't want to share that. Why not? Is the burden whipping your butt? Then you might want to get somebody to help you pick it up. That's a hard thing for me as a, as a man, I was always used to doing it myself and I could always figure it out one way or the other to pull it off. I don't know at what point 50 or 60 I said, nah, man, that's stupid. I going not get somebody either get somebody else to do this or I'm going to go get a bunch of people to help me do it. Uh, I got to put a transmission in my truck, my big truck. So it's got a big transmission. And I had crawled under there and I said, "Well, you know, this is pretty straightforward. I don't think it's be that big a deal. Mark the drive shaft and pull it." Then I thought there and I said, you're, "You're 63 years old. You're going to get under this truck with that over your head, and you're going to be a rocket scientist and pull that out and put in another one." No, <laughs> it ain't happening. I crawled out from under there and I said, "Thank you, Lord, for a little wisdom." See what I mean? There's things that we just, you know what? We hate asking for help. And please don't argue with me. I have been in this church and I've known some of you a very long time and you all hate asking for help. Okay? And I, and it, you know, it's, it's, it can be frustrating. But there's other times you look at it and think, Go ahead. (laughs) I know where you're headed. Call me when you get in. (laughs) Because you're headed to stick your nose right in the ditch. But see, these are the things, when we look at it, these things in this world are dragging at you and pulling you. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. And it's unrelenting. But you know what's really cool? Sometimes they come in a different order. Sometimes it's the pride of life. Sometimes it's the lust of the flesh. Sometimes it's lust of the eyes. So they'll mix up the plays, but do you understand there's only three? There's only three. And that's what the world uses against you and me. But we have wisdom that helps us to stop tripping over hidden obstacles. And every one of us have stubbed our toes on things. So God gave you a little toe so you know where the corner of the table was. And yet every one of us at a time or, Why is it that when we get up in the middle of the night we try to find a night light? I use my phone. A little glass. Where where am I going? Okay? Why do you do that? Well, it's dark and I can't see and I don't want to test my sanctification. You know what I mean by that? Hit the wall with your forehead and you start bleeding and you want to say something profound. I haven't done that, but I guard myself against it. Why? God has given me wisdom. Sometimes I leave it in my other pants, but that's beside the point. Listen, we have wisdom. The problem is, we need to be very careful on how we live in light of that wisdom. Listen, do you understand that there are people in your life that the only light they're going to see is you? Did you know that? You're the only one. And we need to live that way. That's our conduct. That's that Jewish mindset that says, what does your behavior say? Our walk should match our position. I am a child of the Most High God. Okay, but I'll show you something. This is fascinating. Every once in a while I will go off on a rabbit trail and it's a really cool rabbit trail. And so I share it with you. And here's a rabbit trail. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 5. Okay, now for this very reason. Okay, what is this very reason? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. For that reason. I've escaped that for that reason. Very good. For this very reason, also... Apply with all diligence. You know what "apply with all diligent" means? Work at it. It's got to be something that's focused. It's got to be something that I'm paying attention to. Remember the narrow gate? I need to really focus. I got to be diligent about this. I need to be seeking this every time I think about it. This is it. This is it. I got to do this. All right, with all diligence. What am I going to do? In my faith. Okay, faith is the thing that got me out of the corruption of the world. Correct. Okay, so now in my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, with diligence, supply moral excellence. Moral excellence. You know, the psalmist even says, put a watcher over my mouth. You know what that means? We ain't capable. It takes divine intervention to keep our pie holes shut. Hey, interesting thought if you think about it. Now, I've learned it over years, and I've got people in my sphere of influence that says, not everything that goes between your ears needs to come out your mouth. Okay, and so they always ring to me, and I think that that was the way God put a watcher over what things that I say. Moral excellence. It means I guard what I do. What is it that I take in through my eyes? Do you know that commercials, you know what they are for? They are to cause you to lust. That's what they're for. It's one of the things that drives me nuts. When cable TV was invented or satellite TV, you know why they did it? Because you're going to pay this thing monthly and there were no commercials. Look what they've done to us. Okay, but you put it on TV and it's why I want you. You need one of these. What is it? I don't know, but look, they're trying to sell me one. Buy one, get one free, free shipping. All right. And all it is doing is causing you to lust for something, to desire something. So that is part of moral excellence. Guard what you hear. Guard what you see. Guard what you're trying to tickle your flesh with. I'm going to deal with that more in a minute. Okay? Because remember, you have escaped the corruption in the world by lust. All right? You've escaped that. In your moral excellence, knowledge. Knowledge, go back to asking for wisdom, go back to sitting under solid teaching and go back to show yourself approved, rightly dividing truth. Okay. So you add knowledge to your moral excellence. And to your knowledge. What? Self-control. Where do you get self-control from? Knowledge. Right? Knowledge. this, This is what you and I are responsible for. This is us. It has been given to us by faith because we've escaped the corruption of the world that is lust. And now we have moral excellence and in our moral excellence, we have knowledge and in our knowledge we have... Self-control. Why? Because my self-control says that's not a good idea. Okay? It's really common sense, actually. In your self-control, there's the one that we all rejoice in, isn't it? Perseverance. Yes, sirree, boys and girls. Let us persevere. Okay, if any of you are praying for patience, stay away from me. I do not have to go learn it. It is a constant. And it's perseverance. You keep pressing on, as Paul said, to the upward calling of Jesus Christ. And in your perseverance, there will be godliness. You know why there's godliness in this? Because if you're persevering, is there anyone who has persevered more than the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, we always talk about His attribute of love, and that's true. But if you think about it, (laughs) In each of our lives, how long has he been long-suffering with us? And we are to exemplify that. Perseverance. And some will test that. There are those. I had my two boys over at the house yesterday afternoon, and boy, there was some serious perseverance going on. Good lordy, lordy. Godliness comes out of that perseverance in your godliness Philo the word we get Philadelphia from brotherly love brotherly love this is where you can come up with a holy kiss and brotherly love okay brotherly love and your brotherly love, brotherly, kindness, then you get what? Love. But I want you to know all of it comes before love. See, because it's going to take moral excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness before you can step into true love. And remember I told you, the worthy walk is what? Love. Love. So we need to be doing this on our side. Am I learning? Am I walking with somebody who is showing me these things? Am I teachable that when these things are pointed out to me, I go, oh, wow, yeah, right, that works. Yeah, that's that's it. Okay, now I want you to look at what he says in verse 8. For if these things are yours and are increasing, They render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's an interesting phrase there that people miss. There's a whole bunch of people who have knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. There aren't that many who have a true knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a friend who's in Christ now that we used to ride together. And his statement to his friends is, I'm the guy who showed him the Jesus he believed in was not in the Bible. Okay? Demons believe in Jesus and they tremble. Okay? You can believe in a Jesus. You can create your own God. Look around. He who lacks these qualities... Is blind. You know what blind people do? Run into everything. They're blind. Which means that everything comes down to sales, they'll buy. Oh, yeah, that's sounds good. Short sighted, having forgotten his purifications from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more, there's that word again, diligent to make certain about His calling and choosing of you, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. When you stumble, you can come back to 2 Peter chapter 1 and go through the list and say, oh man, I missed the knowledge. Uh, We're no perseverance here. Oh gee, so much for godliness and brotherly kindness. Um, And you can say, gosh, I stumbled, didn't I? You say, yep, you stumbled big time, big time. Listen, he's telling us in Ephesians to walk in wisdom. We are far too wise and far too accountable to walk like fools. Okay? When a Christian sins, when a Christian falls into the garbage of this world, they are playing the fool and it's needless it's not necessary but you know what sometimes our egos we get us into a little bump and we got, our egos won't let us say, hey, man I just hit a little bump can you help me out here and instead we say no I'll fix it and you just get into a world of garbage then it becomes that's what I tell people I say, they said is it a sin to miss church I said no well if, the thing is is that if you look at human nature if I miss twice the thirds a piece of cake the fourth is embarrassing and you won't see me for six months. Why? Well, you know, gee, I haven't been there. And of course, then somebody welcome. up. You won't fill out like a visitor's car? Here, let me give you another text. Chapter 3 of the book of Titus. Verse 3. For we also once were foolish ourselves. Can I get an amen there? (laughs) You were foolish. I wasn't. (laughs) I knew better. I watched you. No. (laughs) What does foolishness look like? Disobedient. Deceived. Enslaved to various lusts and pleasures. Spending our life in malice and envy. Hateful And hating one another. Gosh, that seems mean, doesn't it? I don't remember malice. Away. Enslaved. You ever walked up to somebody and said, well, I think you're deceived. They always smile at you and say, well, thank you. I'm glad you brought that to my attention. Right? Deceived. (laughs) Enslaved to various lusts. I would say enslaved to a plethora of lusts. Because it seems like we can lust over just about anything. And some of it, you just look at it and think, man, that is about as stupid as you can get I remember I used to trap as a kid. Some people had paper routes, I had a trap line. And I had a bunch of these conor bear traps. <laughs> of course, you could only do it through a season. And then I'd hang them up in the garage. And then, then in, the, in the fall, they come back again, I'd go out and set my trap line. <laughs> it was no big deal. And, you know, muskrat, mink, things like that. <laughs> I remember coming home, where the heck had I had been, I'd been somewhere, I'd been out of the house for a while, and I'd come back home, and i go into my mom's living room, and all of my traps are painted this antique blue hanging on the wall. Mom, because uh, at first I thought, well, my mom went out and bought a bunch of traps and painted them antique blue. I said, where'd you get those? She said, they're hanging out there in the garage. She said, those are Antiques. I said, I ain't been dead. I ain't been alive that long. There's no way that can be an antique. Well, those were yours. Well, yeah, they were. That is uh, how deception works, and I see people today who says, "Well, you know, I'm gonna give a lot of money for that really old thing." I had a. Uh, 1974 Corvette Stingray, T tops, 454 four speed. God, I love that car. It was good. You know what I sold it for? I think 78. I did 78 or 70. It was just before I moved out here, because I, I bought a van, so I got rid of the vet. Eighty-two hundred dollars. You know what that car is worth right now? <laughs> Way more than $8,200. <laughs> okay. And every once in a while, I'll see one on the highway. Look over there. Why? That's various lusts. So I've gotten to where now that I see them and if the people know who I am, they know I'm a pastor, so they think if they're really nice to me, then uh, God will like them. So that's allowed me to drive a Dodge Hellcat, one of the new Corvettes, AC Cobra, and a few other odds and ends. It's like, yeah, and I don't have to pay the insurance. (laughs) Listen, this is what we once were. Spending our life in malice, envy, hateful, hating one another. Why? Because lust and pleasures is focused on who? Me. Me. If I have that singular focus that it's me, then guess what? Other people are not that important. But let me show you something. Remember what he says. For we also once were foolish, but look at verse 4. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love of mankind appeared, He saved us. Look what it says next. Not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. See, our foolishness was seen. Our disobedience was seen. Our deception was seen. We were deceived and that was seen. We served our lust. We served our pleasures. That is what a fool does. He lives, he disobeys God and deceived about the truth. We are, a fool is guided by their own desires. I've, I've made this statement to some of you, remember me saying it. There's times if we spend enough time by ourselves, we'll start seeking our own Counsel. And I guarantee it's wrong. We used to be lives of pleasure, lives of evil. We used to be envious. We used to be hateful. We hated one another. That's the way we used to be. There's no room for that now. After the kindness and love of our Lord appeared, I was changed. I was changed. Listen, note that he says, it was not by works of our righteousness. There was nothing about you that God says, gosh, I want one of those. He saved us. And that was a change that he saved us. Regeneration and washed by the Spirit justified us Freely by His grace. Now listen, there are too many of us sitting in this room right now that don't realize how phantasmagorical that is. Or we've forgotten. Because too many are trying to say, well, these things of the world are really, they're not sin, so how bad can it be? Because you just had to debate it means it's sin and you have deceived yourself. You were once foolish. Do you understand that? And then, you know, people say, well, you know, I wasn't that bad. That's how foolish you were that you thought you weren't that bad. Those who believe, as Titus has told us, We need to be careful. Maintain our good works. See, salvation, the transformation demands that we care for our lives. Okay, this doesn't mean I'm trying to add years to it. It means I need to take care of the walk of this earthen vessel. Now, I want you to understand how I just said that. I am not here to take care of the walk of your earthen vessel. That is your job. Okay? You have a precious treasure poured inside of your vessel. Okay? The same treasure that I've got. Now, to me, that's phantasmagorical. Okay? We should all act that way. We should all act that way. If you go back to Ephesians, I'll just touch it for a second. We'll pick it up next week. Verse 16, you see what he says there? Just the beginning of that verse right there. Making the most of your time. We need to avoid the foolishness. Why? There's no excuse. You can't say, Well, it was that person I married. Or, well, it was that job I was in. Or, well, you don't understand that goofy neighbor I've got. It wasn't, in, no, you ain't got no excuse. None, none, zero, zip, nada. Christians, to lower themselves to that standard again, you lowered yourself to a fool. We are wise. Why would we play the fool? Why, you know, it's kind of like you—you ever watch those um, medieval movies where you got the king and the queen and, and and the heirs and prince and princesses, and then you got the court jester, the idiot, the court idiot. You have been placed in the throne. Why would you want to act like the court idiot? And yet, how many do? How many do? Let us guard ourselves. Because let me tell you something this place out here is a trap, and it's doing its best to snare us. And let me tell you something it is cunning. It is cunning as the father of lies. And it's good. Brothers and sisters, be careful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. May we walk very alert. May we pay attention. May we understand that the world is not our friend. Father, let us look side to side, let us look carefully. And Father, let us drink deep of your word. Let us cherish the proclamation of your word, the teaching of your word. Let us look for those who walk in wisdom and follow closely. Father, let us see this behavior. Let us hunger for this behavior. Because we have been regenerated and washed with the Spirit. In Christ, in Christ alone. Amen.